0: Hey everybody, Cal Banyan here, Cal Banyan's Hypnosis Etc. And this time with Erica Flint, my sidekick. Whenever I'm in, in Bellingham, ha- <laughs> Washington, I hang out with Erica. Let me tell you about Erica. Erica is you know, a serious hypnotist. She's only been in the profession for five years, but she probably knows as much as people who've been in 10 years or 15 years. She's really becoming an expert in her own right. She is a trainer for, for Five Path. She is um, teaches the same course I teach, the National Guild of Hypnotists approved uh, hypnosis certification course, the Banyan certification course, and she spoke at the National Guild of Hypnotists convention, Solid Gold uh, weekend in Las Vegas. She speaks. I mean, she writes for the Journal of Hypnotism, and she's also written for the Five Path International Association of Hypnosis professionals. I'm really proud to have been a part of her development as a hypnotist. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Cal. So awesome to have you here at Cascade Hypnosis Center recording these new videos today. Oh. Okay, thank you, thank you. Uh we'll do the fist bump later. Um, all
0: right. <laughs> Since you mentioned it.
1: <laughs> so let me tell everybody about you, Cal. Cal is the authority on hypnosis that works. It's the hypnosis that you will use in your office every single day with clients. He's an author, he is a trainer, he's been in the hypnosis profession for over 20 years, and he's won nearly every single award with the National Guild of Hypnotists, which is the oldest and largest hypnosis professional organization in the world. He's had a huge impact on me. Once I, I took a different training. For First, Then I knew it wasn't quite enough. I was like, this isn't enough for me to become a professional hypnotist. Then I learned five path and I started seeing clients. I think it was three days after I completed my five path training and I've been doing it ever since. He is the one that the experts in the field turn to, and I am just so, you know, this profession is better than I ever thought that it would be. We get to help people with difficult things. It's a very uh, profound and fulfilling profession, and Callie, you've gone a long way in uplifting the profession and helping a lot of people, myself included, in doing that, so thank you.
0: Thank you. It's so awesome, and later mm-hmm. on today, we're we'll going to be meeting while I'm up here with a whole bunch of five-pathers, like 21 22 Five yep. we're going to have a the very first Coffee with Cal. So hopefully we'll video cor- record some of that and get that out on the websites as well. Because I'm just going to be answering their questions and uh, real in in the trenches questions that people who are hypnotists that are new and experienced like to ask me and it'll be a good way for me to just get some of that down. And as you all know, we do our, the Hypnosis Etc podcast comes out about once a week uh, and. Normally, I'm in either California, where I was before, or in Texas, and Erica's here, and the camera's set up here, and then we talk to each other over speakerphone, and then through the magic of technology, that stuff's all put together, right? right. And it looks like we're in the same room, but by golly, for once, we're in the same room.
1: We are in the same so room. So we with- look kind of funny. Yeah.
0: I and love so it. I, so I'm all handsy with her and stuff mm-hmm. because it's so fun. All right, yeah. good. I, I, this in, is a good in a good yes. way. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. So and and Cal, you know, we're talking about something really important today. And um, so you know, when I'm teaching classes, a lot of students bring up the point of shame because shame is such a devastating feeling and it's just so debilitating and horrific. And so I wanted to talk, um, do an episode on shame and you know when Kelly and I were talking about this before it's like well we can't do we can't tell people like every single thing that you do with shame because that would be a very long episode and we'd just talk about Five Path the whole time.
0: It'd be like the encyclopedia of shame. Right, right.
1: So I want to talk about some of the misperceptions and some of the kind of tricks and things that that might surprise you about shame that are going to help you understand how to approach it when your client presents with shame like I feel embarrassed, I'm ashamed, that type of a thing. Right,
0: Right. You know, one of the interesting things is, so it's been a long time, but a long, long time ago in a land far away called Minnesota, I wrote one of my first books, and it was The Secret Language of Feelings. And um, in that book, I talk about all the main feelings. And one of the feelings I didn't put in there is shame, because I have a different understanding about shame than most people. And in classes... I'm teaching about well, you know, the, the things that most mess people up on their successes, fear, anger, and guilt. These over and over, fear, anger, and guilt hold you back. And people go, what about shame? And just like, you know, like Erica was saying. And I says, well, and then I watch all the mouths fall open. There is really no emotion called shame. And they're like, oh. you know, like what universe do you live in? Right. You know, on planet Earth, there's lots of shame, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, so I do this. I go, okay, I want all of you to take out a piece of paper. And these are people who are trained to be hypnotists, and some of them are already hypnotists, and some of them are psychologists and counselors and social workers. And I say, okay, you guys have learned that your emotions come from what you're thinking. If you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, something terrible is going to happen, you feel fear. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking, that's not fair, they're cheating me, then you feel miffed, ticked, or PO'd, which is also known as anger. If you think, oh, I just lost someone important to me or something important to me, that's sad. So it always something happens, you give it meaning, and that makes you feel this way. So, just to keep it simple, fear always comes from the thought, something bad is going to happen or is happening, Anger is, hey, that's not fair that that happens. Or guilt is, "Uh uh-oh, I did something unfair or I hurt someone. Okay, Now, so what is shame? And so I say, write these down, and they now know that there's always a preceding thought before an emotion. And I say, when you're thinking, when you're feeling shame, to use their words, Mm -hmm. right, what are you thinking? What's the thought that came before it? And I said, good. Then I gather all those papers, and over and over again, it's these two things. Okay, fear, anger, or guilt. Okay? And it's usually guilt. I'm feeling shame. Well, actually, it's guilt, or it is fear. Fear that I'm going to, because of this negative judgment someone's put on me, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some negative consequence, and so they feel guilty. For example, the criminal is adjudicated to be guilty. Guess what's going to happen now? Crime, then punishment, right? So in the vast majority of cases, when people are talking about shame, they're really talking about this fusion of guilt and fear. Right. Okay. Now, sometimes the, there'll be a dash of envy or mm-hmm. a dash of sadness and these kinds of things, but there is no pure emotion called shame.
1: Right. And this is why it's so important when we do individual work with our clients because we have to understand from them what that shame feels like to them and what it means to them so you could consider it you know just kind of unpacking that feeling and getting to each of those components because sometimes there is sadness sometimes a client is sad because they were embarrassed and maybe they lost friends because they were made to feel embarrassed or ashamed for a particular behavior they lost friends from that and now not only do they feel fear that they would lose more friends they're angry because it was wrong Mm -hmm. and now they're sad because they lost friends and so we've have to look at it as a complex feeling and understand the complexity there and work with each one of those individual um, emotions separately which you know Cal we already do that with five paths don't
0: we right and let me use age regression as an example yeah. now you folks out there they're watching this video we did two videos sitting right here at Erica's Center and that kind of this all kind of flows together because that's where our mind is at. we just did one then we did two mm-hmm. and now we're doing this one and I talk about age regression, how we bring up the feeling. Now, in if I'm working with someone, I may or may not unpack the feeling on them, depending on whether I think they're up to it. For example, if I if I'm working with a 12-year-old girl, I might not, or boy, well, it doesn't matter the gender, but uh, and I might not go into all this technical stuff. I may just say, when I get to the age regression part, there's a feeling inside you. You get when you feel ashamed, okay? Where is it in your body? And then we're gonna go back in time to uncover that. And I'm gonna, I've talked about this, this is super important. If you're doing age regression, <clears throat> I watch some of the masters or I've read transcripts or w- listen to audios or watch videos and they tend to spend too much time or not enough time in each event that they go back through in the age regression. There's really just five things you need to know. I call them the Fab Five. You need to find out what's happening, what are they thinking, what are they feeling, how old are they, and if it's familiar or new. For this discussion, the most important part of that is what's happening, what are they thinking, what are they feeling? And that which they're thinking is generating what they're feeling, like I said before. So I could regress on the feeling of shame then go back and find out they're in a situation where they're thinking they're going to become punished, for example, and so they feel afraid. But they've learned, maybe because within the context of what they did wrong, maybe there's like a religious meaning to it, or a moral meaning to it, or a legal meaning to it, and because they didn't live up to a standard, they call that Mm fear-shame, you see? So a lot of times... This this fear is a the shame is really a fear of punishment or evaluation with regard to meeting a standard or morality mm-hmm. or something like that and that fear and that co the guilt that goes with it gets labeled as shame right. does that make sense
1: yeah that absolutely makes sense because mm-hmm. you know um, a lot of shame in my experience has to do with another person. Um, and another person's expectations or another person, a, a parent, a teacher, somebody like that, um, saying something bad or, or embarrassing that um, that client. And so there's this other person involved in it. And so now they're they're looking at the judgment is being passed against them. So it's somebody else's idea that they feel ashamed.
0: Judgment's a big, important word. Right. It mm-hmm. is a fear that comes from being judged negatively. Yep. Okay? And so they go, I... Th- I think I feel ashamed. Mm-hmm. And, and or, or, I, I think I've let somebody down. I think I've lost my microphone again. <laughs> this happened last episode. And what happened is, I've got this really silky tie. And so, I'm, I think when I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do here, but we're not going to um, eliminate this. Uh, I don't think, I'll th- probably just keep it in here. But I'm going to reattach this to my tie and hope that it makes it. Through this episode. All right. Cover your ears. Here comes a snap. Ah. Okay. There we go. So, fear and shame and guilt work together to become this thing that's called shame. Mm -hmm. And someone will judge us negatively. And now, Mm -hmm. what's the fear part of that? Well, because of this negative judgment, something bad could happen, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's fear. And that this thing, if they did, the thing that they did harmed someone else then that would be the guilt component. Right. Mm. Okay.
1: One of the other things that I've noticed with a lot of my clients, and I don't know if this is the same for you, Cal, but for a lot of my clients, when we're doing age regression, um, a lot of things that come up is that there, somebody else has told them, you should be ashamed of this. You should be ashamed of yourself. And, you know, when we're younger, we might borrow the um, judgment from a grown up around us because we're little and we think that they know what they're talking about. And the beautiful thing for a lot of uh, the clients that I worked with is in a lot of cases, it's not even true. They've accepted that suggestion from an adult saying you should be ashamed about this. You should feel bad about this. And then when we go through that experience um, in age regression, that is erroneous. And the adult version, so my client sitting in the chair looks back at that experience during age regression and realizes that's nothing to be ashamed about. Right. Right?
0: Mm -hmm. You know, the the thing is that parents, shame on us, (laughs) may have used shame or shaming as a form of behavior modification. But the problem with it is that shame, using that word, sticks. And then they can feel guilty and fearful for the rest of their lives because of that. And uh, as we talked about before with age regression, and that's not the only major tool of five path. There's also forgiveness work of self and others and parts mediation work. But let's just stay with the age regression. Boy, it'd be nice if you knew then what you know now. We can have the grown-up aspect go back and examine the experience that that regressed aspect of them. Maybe they're only three, four years old, is being shamed, right? Mm. And then the grown-up says, "You know what? She just did something that any two-year-old kid would do." Yep. Or you know, yeah, you know, lots of three-year-old boys have trouble potty training you know there's nothing wrong with him he's he will get it next month you know and so we can just go back and have grown-ups say that's all right Mm -hmm. mom or whoever it is is probably trying to train you like they were trained exactly they know it eventually works Mm -hmm. and if there was a better way maybe they would do it but they don't but there's nothing wrong with you you're good Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. and that is a really good example a lot of you know kids bedwetting um, they are made to feel ashamed by some uh, adult in their life. Mm-hmm. And that only, we know, that only makes it feel worse because now they're fearful and they're more likely to wet the bed at night because they feel ashamed right. and they're afraid of that type of judgment.
0: You know what's so cool about being a hypnotist is that other, other professions just don't get this. And, you know, the people who have easy problems, the counselor, the social worker, the, the self-help book, they fix that stuff. But the ones that are still struggling, then we get to go in and make a difference when everyone else has failed. And it just feels so wonderful to know that you can do that. And there is hope for these people. I mean, there's people out there that it ruins their whole life, Mm -hmm. the shame. They they may never go into a relationship or be fully in that relationship Mm -hmm. or they might not go to school or, you know, whatever it is. substance abuse, right? They start drinking
1: or something like that, right?
0: And we can fix that.
1: We can. And one of my favorite things, I think it's probably my most favorite thing about hypnosis, is that as hypnotists, we aren't doing the work for our clients. They are doing the work themselves. And so when our clients have that realization and feel empowered, they're the ones that did it. And so it's not like we're doing it for them. We actually get to empower our clients to be a better, to be their their full self, right? Them fully realized and happy. And so it's not something that they they just come for this and then maybe the next thing that comes along they're going to need our help with. They're empowered. And so now they're going to go out there and they're going to do other things in their life because it's their power and they own it. And now they get to do other things in their life that help them.
0: We are really, we work with individuals, but we change families and we change communities. And all of us together as a profession, and I know some of you guys watching this video, you're thinking about coming into the profession, or maybe you're certified, but you're really not doing the work yet because you just haven't got what you need yet. Do it. You're needed. One of the coolest things is, like, I'll have people come to class from Russia and from Japan and from, you know, all over the world, and to know that those people... I can now go back to their communities. Right. I don't speak Korean, I don't speak <laughs> Russian, you know, but they can go back and take the power of what we what we do mm-hmm. to these other countries and we as as a hypnotist and you know, if you become a hypnotist and over time you could become a trainer, you can affect the whole world yeah. in a positive way. And that's really why we're here, I think.
1: It is. Yeah, yeah. and it feels really good. Uh, to be able to help people and they become better mothers, better fathers, better sisters and brothers and employers and better, you know, employees and all of that. So yeah, helping one person at a time. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today on this topic on shame and some of the things that you might want to know about shame that you didn't realize. Uh, I'm Erica Flint. You can find me at cascadehypnosistraining.com and I hope to see you in class.
0: And I'm Cal Banyan. You can find me on calbanyan.com. And we've got all these videos there, plus articles. And one day, if you go through the course, my course or her course, same course, guess what? You can become a five-pather and you can become a part of a community of some of the most blessed and most powerful hypnotists in the world. And it just goes on and on, all the support that we give you. All right, that's it. Cal Banyan, (laughs) signing off.